Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Poison in the home. Poison in the mind. Poison in the bedroom. Topic today is pornography. Pornography is a poison. It's a social poison. It's an emotional poison. It's a neurological poison. It's a, it's a marital poison. It's a relationship poison. In other words, there is no good in pornography. And there is no redeeming value in pornography. It's a poison. And it's a poison to which one can become immune, can become addicted, you know, become dependent, to become reliant upon. So we are in a very tough situation when it comes to the American male, but also the American female. The poison of pornography. Now it's a plague in America. The number of people who are involved in pornography is astronomical. You don't know what the value of the dollar is when it comes to pornographic material and what's being spent on access to pornography. Well, here's just a little bit of a figure. The revenue from pornography, just the revenue to various pornography companies that produce CDs, they produce magazines, they produce films, they produce um, images of all kinds on social media. The revenue that comes to that particular industry exceeds the revenue of the National Football League, the National Basketball League, and the National uh, Soccer League, all combined all combined. It exceeds the income, the revenue of Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, eBay, Yahoo, and Earthlink, all combined. You know, all those companies are rich, rich, rich companies. All those companies have enormous amount of, of uh, revenue themselves. But the pornography industry is greater than all of those combined. That just shows you the billions and billions of people and dollars that are directed towards the pornography industry. It's enormous. It's powerful. Today I was talking to an 18-year-old just graduated from high school. He now finds himself in prison for crime that does relate to pornography. So as we were talking about it, he tells me of four years of pornography viewing daily. Every single day, pornography viewing for four years. Recently, I talked to a young gentleman also in prison now for a sex-related crime. Pornography has been part of his life for 25 years, regularly, in viewing pornography. And on goes the list. 
as I talk to men and women in my office from day to day. Pornography is no small thing. It's no light thing. It's no thing to be ignored or to be overlooked. See, it's an addiction. The neurotransmitters of the brain that are associated with pleasure are the neural centers associated with pornography usage. And it's the areas of the brain that are associated with addictive behavior of all kinds. So pornography falls into the gap, neurologically speaking, as well as behaviorally, as an addiction. There's no end to the addiction of pornography. There's an end to the addiction of alcoholism. It's death. There's an end to the addiction of drugs, drug usage. It's death. There is no end to the addiction of pornography. It goes on and on and on. And if there is an end to it, it's called prison. Okay? So our youth are involved in it. Our young men are involved in it. Our young women are involved in it. 50% of divorcees, of those that now experience divorce, 56% name pornography as the toxin, as the critical incident that dissolved their marital covenant. 56%. So we wonder about divorces occurring in America today. We wonder about marital breakdown. Well, if we could eliminate pornography as an addiction, we could eliminate pornography as an object of use, we would save a lot of marriages. We would save a lot of families. We would save a lot of kids. Okay? It's on YouTube. Sexting. Social media. Publications. Paper distributions. CDs. Videos. It's everywhere. It's in every kind of social media that you can name today. Pornography is there and it's available for usage. It pops itself up. Unfortunately, not only we have young kids and young adults, but we have people we call pastors, ministers. 57% of pastors and 64% of youth pastors admit that they, that they wrestle with the temptation of pornography. And they don't win. They don't win. So even the idea that there are people in our culture who should be immune from pornography or at least have a way of controlling it successfully don't even draw upon the resources available to them and they subject themselves to pornography to the point of no return. Destroys their ministry, destroys their profession, destroys their work destroys their marriages, destroys their congregations, destroys the people that rely on them. That's the destructive side of pornography. Now, what drives people to the addiction of pornography? What, what, what motivates this? Well, let me name just a couple of them. Fear. You know, people str struggle with fear and anxiety. And if they can experience some kind of a visual cue or visual image that 
produces a, a uh, drug in their brain called dopamine, then they get a positive experience and it overcomes the feelings of anxiety and fear. So in other words, dopamine in the brain kind of is a positive uh, medical chemical effect and it will overcome what one is doing in the area of pornography. So it produces a positive experience and it removes or eliminates the fear and the anxiety that otherwise they would experience. Depression. If you feel better under a uh, viewing of pornography for a period of time and you lose your focus on your own depression, you're going to do more of it. You're going to become ensnared by it. Those new, there's new neurotransmitters just make that brain feel good and the body feel good and overcome the negative and unpleasant feelings associated with depression. So yes, depression is one of the factors that promotes pornography usage. Fear promotes pornography usage. You see, loneliness and isolation and just having uh, the need for a social relationship promotes the use of pornography. People who are alone, people who are not in relationships, people who, st who are starving for a relationship turn to things that we call a false relationship, and that's pornography. It's a false relationship. It takes away the moment of aloneness, but it fills it with an addiction that can never be overcome unless really there is a major treatment modality employed. So we have ways of justifying the use of it. We have ways to rationalize the use of it. We have ways to minimize the negative effects of it because we want to keep it. We want to use it. We want to have it as our pain-numbing high experience. It's our secret. And when we have a secret, we feel powerful. We feel strong. We feel better. That's what pornography is all about. This drives the addiction. Well, pornography has an impact. It has an impact on marriages. Marriages do not survive the use of pornography on a regular basis. Marriages do not survive one using pornography without stopping it and having forgiveness and having treatment. In other words, it promotes a jealousy, it promotes a competitiveness, it promotes feelings of shame and guilt, it promotes jealousy. You see, marriages can't survive when those kind of deep feelings get evoked just by the use of pornography within the context of a home and the marriage. Marriages do not survive pornographic usage. There's only one, that will, one way to help, and that's have a way to totally stop its use. And that requires treatment. It requires a number of different modalities of support to do so. Now, there's a difference between men and women husbands and wives, in the use of pornography. 
Women do it because they want to feel that they're adequate. They want to learn some strategies that might make them a more favorable wife or a more favorable sexual partner. In other words, they use it as a school of sexuality. And they fall into the trap of high dopamine usage. The flow of adrenaline that just gives that energy and that surge of strength and that surge of power and that surge of confidence. Men use it for very different reasons. They want to feel strong. They want to feel competent. You know, they want to just have their uh, dopamine effect. They don't want to learn anything from it necessarily, but just have a dopamine effect and an adrenaline effect. It produces a high uh, with adrenaline. Okay? Now, if you're going to overcome pornography, as I've suggested, what are some of the things you do? What are some of the first steps you take? Well, you got to get a partner in crime. You got to get a partner that will help you get through this criminal behavior. You got to get a partner that will help you through this addictive behavior. You have to have a partner that will hold you accountable and that will be in check with you and will help you. Get another man. Get another woman who will be of help to you if you're a male or if you're a woman. You can't fix this alone. This is not a fix that can be done quietly or secretively or without bringing it to the attention of someone. You've got to bring it to the attention of someone who will be of support to you and help you. Secondly, get a professional who is skilled and trained in addictive behavior and can help you overcome the addiction. Talk to somebody for support, but get a therapist who will deal with the addiction issues and give the and deal with the eradication of addiction. Get into a group. Celebrate Recovery is available in almost every community of the country. AA, New Life Ministries, Creation Ministries. There are a number of groups and organizations that will help in the field of pornography. Get into one of those. There are a group that will help you. So have a support person, that's true, a buddy. Have a therapist, that's true. Have a group that you meet with regularly and where they're all struggling and battling this addiction. Okay? You've got to be transparent. You've got to have ways of sharing your life with those that are in your life and are willing to help you and love you and care for you. And be open and be honest and be transparent with your wife or your husband. And just think of this. Do you want your kids to live a life of pornography that you're living? Just let that be a motivating factor. Why would you want your children at age 12, 13, 14 to start a life of pornography usage and viewing? If you're doing it, they'll do it. If you're a dad doing it, your son will do it. The younger you do it, the younger they will do it. This is not something that you can do alone and secretively. This is a uh, social disorder. This is a social disease. This is a social addiction. 
It not only affects your addiction as, a, as an individual, but it spreads the addiction to others. And it will certainly spread to others within your own family, within your own associations, within your own friendships. So, take pornography as a serious topic. Do something about it if it's in your life. Get into a therapy program. Get a therapist and start working on it. Break the addiction cycle. Break the intergenerational cycle of addiction. It happens. And get it before it gets you. Get it done. Get it out of your life before you go into prison as a result of pornography and its associated behavior patterns. Okay, nice to have you with me today. And uh, this has been the podcast with Dr. Alan Hedbergs. And thanks for joining me. And go ahead and take a look at my website, booksbyhedberg.com. www.booksbyhedberg.com. Get the book, Dr. Teach Me to Parent. I deal with this topic, but then that book. So it might be very helpful, you know, to you. And um, see you again. Bye for now.